In the American Westernized church, what has been a vein that's very, very subtle, which makes us very sort of focused on our calling at a neglect of our purpose, is that we are grossly consumeristic. And we think our focus largely is, God, I want to see your hands. I can care less about your heart. What do we say, fam? Welcome to Simplexity, a podcast where we take seemingly complex matters and attempt to make them plain and simple. My name is Sammy Foster. A little under the weather today. Ooh. Yeah, Sounds just a little bit. I got, I got a lot of, lot of things in me. A lot of, a <laughs> lot of Halls, coffee, Advil. We're going to make it through. I thought you meant like viruses. <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> what's going too. on over here? <laughs> Joined with... The one and only, Boots. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and we got two very, very special guests today that uh, is going to lend itself to a pretty robust topic because you guys have been working, yeah. working. <laughs> Subject matter is really going to orbit around, um, for us as a church, we've been in the midst of a, a series as of late on Sundays, um, even in discussions via small group and what have you, where uh, really the title of the series has been the question, why? Why? Attempting to answer really life's tough questions, many of which Christians have. Mm -hmm. Topics that we don't discuss, yeah. such as why can't I change? Why don't I feel God? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why is there suffering? Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Um, things like that. But um, tee us up, Boots, as to what really this is a result of, because we're not going to really attempt to answer any one particular question. Yeah. This has uh, really been, this discussion is a result of these guys asking one primary question mm -hmm. to a many a different people. Yeah. yeah. And so... Basically, in, in connection to that series, what we had was both Aramis, who I feel like we should introduce them at this point. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, oh, oh, we're such good friends that I assumed everybody knows these two. Right. Yeah. So we got Aramis, who mm. is our middle school coordinator, also mm. one of my very good friends. It's true. Who I've, yeah. who I've invoked your name on this podcast before. Yeah, and I have a response. Well, we'll <laughs> oh, 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 bring it. We'll bring see it. if we have time for that later. <laughs> Um, also, Nicole, who is our communications <coughs> director, come on, also come on, a good awesome. friend of mine. Yeah, mm -hmm. yes. we like to laugh. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we commissioned not us personally, but you guys went out into the the streets of downtown Annapolis mm -hmm. in connection to this to the series. Hood. Yeah, right. <laughs> the hood. Yeah. Um, to basically take that series on the road and mm -hmm. interact with just complete strangers mm -hmm. and ask them, I believe the question you posed to them was, if you could ask God any question, what would it be? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you just had very organic conversations with people. And then at the culmination of those conversations, you said, hey, we have a podcast, not you guys, but we, you gave them a card and said, hey, we have a podcast. We're going right. to delve into some of these questions potentially. Um, and I think, you know, we chatted briefly yesterday. You guys said that there were some common themes that yeah. came up out of that. Mm -hmm. But 
with that being kind of the setting the stage, could you guys just paint a big picture for what your specific purpose was in heading out? What were those interactions like? What'd you pick up on? Was it fun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what did you kind of experience yeah. that day? Um, I want to let Nicole go first because yeah. it started off as your totally. idea to go out and do that. Because one of the things like in my role as comms director, we were like, how do we kind of tie in this series with simplexity a little bit more? And I was like, let's just go to the streets like, mm. and ask people what question do they have for God? Because um, you can see like on social media a lot, people do this often and I just felt inspired to do the same <laughs> well we planned it on our way there I'm like yeah we got this it's so easy I'm such a people person I could talk to a wall and make a friend um <laughs> but we get to downtown Annapolis and I like cold feet like it was like what just like this is so weird for me um and then Aramis just starts talking to people and then there were some interesting just discussions, like people that believe in just um, like energies being transferred in the afterlife, which I never really heard of that. Um, and then just towards the end. So like, like not reincarnation, but more or less like energies, ethos, yeah. you know, all of that right. being sort of reappropriated the people or things. Right. I don't even think she knew what she meant, right. you know, okay. but you could tell when she was talking. What I love is that these people wanted to have these conversations. Um. It wasn't like they were completely shut off. Like we told them what we were doing. Totally. Um, they like being on camera too, probably. Right. Because mm -hmm. you, you know? recorded these. Yeah. Some, oh, yeah, some. Yeah. oh, no. Oh, yeah. I wasn't aware That's of that. Some. Mm -hmm. So, so some, some were cool with being on camera or some were well, a little so adverse? The, one, the ones that we asked, they were open to being on camera, but it was more of like, a, like, hey, I'm, I'm willing to answer your questions uh. versus like, oh, yeah, hand me my makeup. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting in that, okay. in that way. Right on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're asking these questions, and then towards the end, the guy that we got to, younger 20s, um, his name was... was Nigel. Nigel. I think, I think of... Um, the wild thornberries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, Aramis just simply shared the gospel with him. And then I simply just shared my story, like how at 25, I got a terrible DUI and I was on probation. And then from there, I met Jesus like fully. Like I grew up in church and like I always believed in God, but I was always running. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a huge difference between believing and following, which we all know. Totally. And um, I Ubered to a church and I was telling this kid this and um, I Ubered to this massive church in Florida. And the pastor at the time was, put God first for 30 days. If nothing changes in those 30 days, go back to your old lifestyle. Well, when you're on probation, <laughs> you, you got DUI <laughs> classes, you got fines, like you got therapy on top of that. I'm like, this is my rock bottom in my life. So like, let me just try this. Like, let me put God first, like through tithing, through just friendships, how I treat people, um, really living by his word. And I was telling this kid, I never looked back after yeah. that. Mm. And what I realized for me, and it's so beautiful, the body of Christ, because Aramis is very gifted in evangelism. No like he can like, he just comes up with these questions and these answers like, like that. But for me, I can share my story so much easier. And like, it was just really cool to see the different kind of giftings that we have 
because Aramis, I know, like, you talked to these two guys for, like, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And just, like, they had all sorts of questions from, you know, why do my brothers and sisters, why do we envy them? Huh. Why do I have to give 10%? You know, right. like, right. just those, like, I guess you would say people think of rules, yeah. you know? Absolutely. And so I think that was just a really cool, really cool to see Aramis, like. In his element. And I hadn't seen that before, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, the heart behind what we want to do was kind of just see where your average person just out in the streets is at when it comes to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even posing the question, if you could ask God a question mm -hmm. and thinking like you could get a response of, OK, this is what I would ask him. Or you could get a response of, well, I don't believe in him. Mm -hmm. um, but the people that we talked to, they actually responded and the, the young lady we talked to. Um, she answered, but then she began to share that she didn't really necessarily believe that there was a God. Right. Um, so um, in my experience, when people typically go that route, I like to give them the creation points to a creator response. Um, and I use an example. So I was like, all right, so <laughs> there was a bench nearby. And I said, okay, we have this bench here that we know... <laughs> Whoa, what's passing over here to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's fast. Right. Those viruses. Right. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, so this, this bench, you know that someone made this, right? And she was like, yeah. I said, how do you know that? And she said, well, we could probably look into, like, the, the, the organization that made it. You know, mm -hmm. it's here. We can use it. And I said, exactly. So when you look at creation... When you look at trees, when you look at plants, you look at animals, you look at humans, ourselves, our, our bodies, the way that we work, it's pointing to a creator. Mm -hmm. I said, because you can't snap your fingers and create that bench. Okay. It's not possible. So just when you think of it in that terms, it's like, okay, so let's like contemplate, okay, maybe there is something greater outside of ourselves. And then you go into the point of, hmm, how does he view me? And I think that kind of started posing the question for a lot of people of like, why am I here? Mm. What is the purpose of being here? I'm living my life, even for people that like they love and enjoy their life. Um, there was an um, interview way back when with Tom Brady, who um, I, I can't remember the amount of Super Bowls. He's won like 20. <laughs> but they like asked him like, hey, man, you're at pretty much at the top of the world right now. You know, how are you feeling? And he was he essentially said, like, I feel like this still... There's, there's more. still more right like there right. still isn't it um so for me i like to look at when i think of the question like what what is our purpose or why are we why are we here i like to look at it in terms of we have our purpose and we have our calling it's right good. so good. Mm -hmm. purpose i'll say as far as a christian um and even just people in general our purpose is to bring glory back to god yeah. He is our creator. We are his creation. We are um, shining his glory. Yeah. And just by being here. Um, now, our calling could be different. It could be based on gifting. It could be based on location. It could be based on career even. Um, and the calling is in the ways God has given us to enact our purpose. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Pastor Sammy, you're a pastor. You're called to shepherd the people at Lighthouse Church. That is your calling, but your purpose doesn't change. Your purpose is still to represent God. Absolutely. Um, so as people, you know, even people in, you know, in the workforce where they're, you know, excelling in their career um, and you're, you know, you went to school and you're called to use what you've been taught. But at the core of that, 
ultimately you're doing what you're doing to represent God. God has created you for a reason to be here and to bring glory back to him. Um, so that kind of simplifies it. I feel like for me of understanding of like, okay, I can have my purpose. That doesn't need to change. My calling may change. I think what happens for people outside in the world is because they don't see the calling mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. They're stuck on the purpose and then they get lost within that totally. because it, because you have to beg the question, if I'm just living this life to essentially die, what's the, what's the point? Um, so we wanted to give people opportunity to, to speak to that. And I think too, like everyone that we talked to, that was like their first question. Why am I here? What's my purpose? And then, so I was like, let me, let me do something different. Like for the church, for Lighthouse, I put it on our social media story, the same question. And we got, we probably got like 30, 40 answers back and their questions were completely different. You know, theirs were like, why am I still single? Um, there was, why do I have so many trials and tribulations and like kind of more focused on life currently and in the now. And if I could encourage the lighthousers, like your purpose is to glorify Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like no matter the waiting, no matter what you're going through, how can you glorify God? Because I think we can get distracted. That's like literally Mm -hmm. what we're here for. Um, so yeah, it was just a cool, you know, little a little test or whatever you call it. You know, one thing that that I I think I want to spotlight, and that is that was a result of our conversation had yesterday, and even mm-hmm. what you guys are saying today, is that I am fully convinced, and Boots and I have spoken about this, you know, countless times, in that so often Christians get in their own way. Yeah. And so we understand that our job is to be the city on the hill whose light cannot be hidden. We know that our job is to be a light into a dark dark and dying world as representatives and as conduits of God's Mm -hmm. grace. We know that we're to be ministers of reconciliation. All of these big mantle calls. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that so often when we approach non-believers, fellow human beings, Mm -hmm. we lose, we lose the connectivity with them because we get in our own way and we get in our own way so often by way of we have like this agenda uh, agenda agenda (laughs) (laughs) i'm sick it's got a lot of advil in me we have that like this agenda or we have this degree of okay i gotta check the boxes Mm -hmm. i gotta save them Mm -hmm. i gotta make sure that that i tell them everything Mm -hmm. um cross all t's dot all i's when in fact, when you do that or you approach relationships through that vein, that dynamic, that overtone, that mentality, people are discerning enough mm. to know this is incredibly off-putting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like, you know, back up off of me because yeah. I'm not just another number in your queue. Right. I'm not a notch on your belt. I'm not here so that you can get your win, whatever that is. But when you realize that people intrinsically have these questions. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think of Acts 19, where it says that God created every man and every woman and determined the times Mm -hmm. and places in which they live, knowing that he was drawing them to himself. Why? Because he's not afar off. So I often think where God places me in 2023 or on any given day for that matter is because in his architecture and orchestration, Mm -hmm. he's drawing lost sons and daughters into his family. Mm -hmm. 
if I then go at it with this degree of angst or, okay, it's on me now, right. oh, it, I mess it all up. Yeah. But I love the way that you asked, what a, like you said it yesterday, what a brilliant question. If you could ask God anything, not ask me, right. or not that you're just wondering about, but let's say you had a face-to-face. -face. Yeah. What is that question going to be? And then realizing what that unearthed, I think is such a beautiful, disarming approach. Yeah. Because all of us have questions. Right. I, I even believe that the most staunch atheist mm. has a question, whether he would place that on God or just throw it into right. the ether. Yeah. He has questions. And as a result, it disarms people to say, let me talk about the deep matters that rumble in my soul. Right. And of which, by way of the questions you fielded. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, and then I'll shut up. Those questions are big life matters. Like us as believers, yeah. we get into the grit. Yep. Like, how come I'm single? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is legit. Right. I don't want to discount that. Or how come, um, you know, I, I don't like my family. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get it. Um, why do I still struggle with the same little things? Yeah. But these people, you can hear almost the eternal groaning yes. in them yeah. that, that God placed within mm -hmm. them to say, I need to answer, I need, I need some substance here. And it's interesting because like society, especially here in America, we're so surface level and materialistic. Mm. And so we're, the average person is not having these conversations with their friends. Totally. They're talking about Hollywood or just, yeah. you know, whatever, dating life and whatever. Taylor Swift. Oh, don't get uh -oh. me started. No, <laughs> no thanks. Oh, are you a hater? Yeah. <gasps> Really? I am. Oh, yeah. Firestorm. I know. <laughs> Look but, at that. <laughs> you, oh my gosh, she didn't even know. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Look what I did. Hey, uh -oh. Hey, well, cut. Uh oh. <laughs> uh -oh. No, um, no. But anyways, uh, so we're very surface level as society. They're not asking these questions, but like you said, your soul is longing totally. for a relationship with God. And I think that like asking a question like this, number one, a seed was planted when we were in Annapolis, uh. for sure, because regardless of, you know, how we ended that conversation with those people, they thought about what we were saying and how we treated them too. Because it wasn't like we were out there with signs and like, hey, come on the podcast. Like, we want to ask you about God. Totally. No, like we literally were like, hey, we're doing a podcast. Can we just ask you a question? And, um, so yeah, I think that like, this is why it's important to talk to people when you're in public, like mm -hmm. at the grocery store, like, you know, just those little small conversations and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to share your story. Mm -hmm. Totally. And the love of God. Yeah. Like it's, I say it's simple, but then like, it is like, I got cold feet in Annapolis, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's a... Yeah, that's interesting. And to give some kind of, you know, context towards um, me and, and, and kind of what, you know, I did on that day, my whole um, push into my understanding of really the gospel uh. changed, honestly, during 2020, because I was raised in church um, all my life. So that's all I knew. That's all I remember. So I had an understanding of, of Jesus dying on the cross mm -hmm. and what that meant. And I understand it. Like, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. 
Um, but I was missing a core piece. I was missing why would Jesus die for me? Because uh-huh. I started to realize the older I got, I'm no good. Right. I mean, the, you know, Jesus says himself that there is none that is good. Yeah. Um, and the more that I started to see that, it started to point to, okay, you know, what am I, what am I doing with my Christian life? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I watched this documentary called The American Gospel that was on Netflix at the time. Oh, that's a good one. And they broke down the gospel so simply that it was like a light bulb went off. And it was, it really felt like that was the time when I was like saved. Wow. Like no lie. Because my view started to change of, there was nothing I could do to earn the love of God by sending his son to die for me. Mm. And on top of that, a death that I should have, I deserved. Right. Um, So once that happened, it started like, it started a fire within me of like, okay, I can't keep this to myself. Right. And during that time, I, I realized like there was something going towards evangelism. I didn't understand it. My first time of actually going out, I was over by, uh, I think it was Marshall's. Um, and I sat oh, I remember that. with a speaker and I had my guitar. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. And um, I was just playing my guitar. I had these little uh, um, quarter with the gospels like on the back of it and just had a sign that said come take one and i was i didn't know what i was doing but i just knew i had to go like i couldn't sit anymore so eventually the guy came up was like hey buddy sorry you can't be here you know (laughs) so i was i figured that would happen (laughs) (laughs) i was out there for some hours though but um so you know i was respectful and i got up and at the end this lady came up and she gave me a dollar and she's like i'm you know i'm sorry you're leaving (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't that it wasn't that she was like i enjoyed your playing you know i'm sorry you have to go you know but you're doing great and i said no 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 I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to earn some side cash. <laughs> I said, um, but you can take one of these. Oh. And she took one. She took one of the tracks. And that was the thing that like, okay, I think I can do this. And um, I have to shout out uh, the Peelers, Chris and Linda Peeler, huh. um, because I'm a part of their ministry um, that goes out and share the gospel with people from different churches. Yeah. And I got... Um, it's called Making the Gospel Known. Making the Gospel Known Ministries. Yep. Um and one thing, there's many things about them that's so great, but one thing that they helped kind of frame my mind was, and, and you alluded to it, um, we're not here to try to save people. Right. Yeah. That's up to God. Amen. All we're doing is we're planting the seed. That's it. Um, and the pillars, they call it um, the, the rock in the shoe or the pebble in the shoe. Uh, when like you're that. having a gospel conversation mm-hmm. with somebody, even if, you know, they just still like, okay, I'm not about this. You left something on them. You left a pebble in their shoe. So now when they walk away, those stars are starting to percolate in their mind. Um, And um, Ray Comfort, who's known very well for um, sharing his faith through Living Waters, he said that, you know, a lot of people ask him, what helps you get over your fear with sharing your faith? Because that's one of the biggest things, the fear. Um, He said, you know, I don't, I'm always afraid when I go out. I don't pray for less fear. I pray for more love. Mm. Wow. Because love is what causes people. So when I was out talking to those people, it wasn't just because I'm like, oh, I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. No, I was. Uh. It, it took me a moment to kind of like, all right, let me, let me go over there. But when I looked at them and I thought, 
this could be the moment where something about Jesus could change the trajectory of their life. Mm. I have to love them enough to want to do it Mm. because he loved me enough because me growing up in church and him pulling me out of what I thought was, you know, being a Christian Mm. was from a place of love. So experiencing that, I'm like, I can't keep this to myself. Wow. Aramis, one of the things that, you know, I, I, I give you a hard time about some of your, some of your tactics Uh sometimes with, uh, you know, you got changed for a million dollars, giving people tracks and stuff. But no, I truly, I truly admire your heart and your gift. And you're someone who, you know, as we talk about purpose and calling, Mm -hmm. you're someone who I think has a rock solid understanding of your own purpose Mm -hmm. and your own calling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I think about the discrepancy, Nicole, between the questions that you guys experienced in mm-hmm. Annapolis versus mm-hmm. the questions you experienced on Instagram, mm-hmm. who's probably more churched yeah. culture. My my thought, even though that these questions are, are legit, mm-hmm. and I, I, as you said, we don't want to undermine them. My my curiosity is: Have we taken our purpose for granted mm-hmm. in the sense that? Okay, I, I get my purpose, I get all that, what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do, but why am I single? Right. You know, or what, you know, why is my family so crazy? Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like you have your purpose, but you've let it, not let it go, but it's not necessarily the forefront. Mm-hmm. Whereas perhaps the encouragement could be go back to your first purpose. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some of those questions fall in line a little bit of, okay, my purpose is to know Jesus and to make him known and to be a kingdom kid, Mm -hmm. so to speak, to Mm -hmm. be a child of the king. And so in my singleness, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Wow. Or so in the context of my crazy family, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So reframing it back to your purpose, back to where it really should begin anyway, um, I don't know. I feel like that could be a a helpful frame perhaps. Totally. And I'm very like, passionate about our single season Mm -hmm. because I am single and I'm 33 and I have friends like my best (laughs) 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 my best friend is in the same season with me Mm -hmm. and like a lot of women that I talk to that are single (coughs) I feel like I I love encouraging women that follow Jesus in their single season because it goes back to our purpose is to glorify God. And if I make this an idol for my, like if I make a husband or getting married an idol, everything is backwards. And if I'm glorifying Jesus and I'm following my purpose and I'm living out my calling, Mm -hmm. I truly believe that God is gonna bless me, whatever that looks like. And Mm -hmm. I remember telling a friend and we had a ladies event over the summer and I said, our relationship with Jesus is not substantial to a husband. And it's like, I have to be okay if I don't get that on on earth, you Mm -hmm. know, because I want to spend eternity with Jesus and that's way more important. And I want to be a light of his love. And Mm -hmm. so what does that look like living day to day in my friendships, in my family? Like, how can I, you know, just shine his light? And I've seen people start following Jesus in my family and having those questions. And my best friend back in Florida, like I've prayed for her for eight years. Mm And she, I got her her first Bible a couple months ago. Mm. Like, that's because I'm loving 
and it's not checking off those boxes right. and being right. so cynical and hard. It's like, no, I'm going to give glory to God no matter what season or trial that I'm facing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a uh, um, a saying that uh, John Piper uses. I feel like I'm probably going to mess it up. But what it, goes around comes around. Um, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. That's good. <laughs> um, it. It's something along the lines of, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. That's right. And when you look at the things in this world that we have, and, you know, those who have the privilege to, you know, grow up with, I remember being young, and I remember hearing a lot of um, preach words um, on, like, prosperity. Yeah. And on, like, you know, God's trying to bless you. God's trying to get you this home. He's trying to make you rich. And I remember hearing someone talk about, like, could this same thing work with sharing the gospel with a person in like a third world country? Can you tell them like, Hey, you're about to get a, God's going to bless you with a car. If you put your faith in it. That was our conversation. You know what? It was, (laughs) he's got a good memory. There you go. There you go. It meant something to me, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, but when you look at it in that, in that framework, you know, you have to ask yourself like, okay, what, is most important to me Uh. and to what nicole said what am i making an idol out of Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to do that we don't realize i do it all the time sure when i when i wake up and i say okay tomorrow morning i'm gonna i'm gonna get into my bible then i get up and i pick up my phone to turn my alarm off and i see a notification oh i got an email let me check oh wait a minute actually i meant to message this person (laughs) back let me go to instagram and it just happens all the time i mean you look at the the rich man in the in the bible that jesus talked to and he, you know, he was pretty much like boasting, like, "Oh yeah, I, I kept the commandments, you know, totally. since I was young." And Jesus, was like, "Okay, well, sell all you have, and come follow me." Mm. And it says he walked away sad, mm-hmm. because he knew he couldn't do it. Right. And something that's really helped me is looking at like the purpose, the the person of Jesus, and the different things that he said in his word, pointing to who he is. Mm. And pointing to what's important to him and how he's trying to lead us to a life. You know, God doesn't allow certain things to happen in our life because he's just like, you need to learn this lesson. There's a scripture that actually says that God um, waits patiently to be gracious towards us. Mm. But what he's doing is he is steering us because he knows that if we go so far in a certain direction, we won't even think about him until we absolutely need him. Yeah. And in First John, it says that, you know, we love him because he first loved us. So this isn't even a love we initiated. Mm. Totally. This is something that he initiated from the very beginning. So then for me, that causes me to think, okay, what am I thinking on? Am I thinking on the things of this world that I need, which is understandable because it's hard to live out there. Rent is very expensive. <laughs> um, you know, that's important, but the Bible tells us that those things are important to God. But above that is, are we most satisfied in him? Are the things that we are focusing on, are the things that we're actually running back to, is it him? And then secondary is like, okay, because I'm trusting in him, I'm going to trust him to take care of all these other things. And that's something that I feel like, you know, as Christians and as believers, one thing we don't think about often is heavenly things. We're not as heavenly minded. And I'm not talking about every day just being like waking up and just 
hoping that Jesus comes back, even though that's understandable because the yeah. world's crazy. I'm about it. But I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Sammy's like agreed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the thought of like not just him coming back to set things right, which he will, mm-hmm. which I will argue that that should impel us to go out even more. Right. Like an urgency. Yeah, it's an urgency you can in that. See, you know? Because like, when you look out in the world and, and you're like, okay, I know Jesus can come back at any second. Let me spend, you know, my days being his light in totally. the world. But over top of that, as a Christian, I'm like, I'm not worried about, so worried about my salvation. But if I'm thinking about the heavenly things, I'm thinking about, oh, what is it going to be like to be with him? Mm. So, 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 you know, you know, Aramis, you and I have had conversations and, you know, going back to that point about, you know, the prosperity gospel yeah. and different veins of the gospel in, in the American westernized church. Yeah. Right. It's not just the prosperity gospel. There's other distortions. There's other additions. Mm-hmm. There's other heretical and apostate gospels. Um, that find a real fertile bed in the American soil yeah. to flourish. Right. And one of the things is, is that, you know, we as a church, we constantly are trying to deconstruct false gospels. But all that said, it was John Piper, I believe, that was, that was the one that made the statement that the prosperity gospel is by and large the, the reason that you can quickly tell it's false and faulty mm. is because it's geographically centric. Yeah. yeah. Meaning it, you go, you, you go to Darfur mm-hmm. and try to tell somebody, Hey, follow Jesus. Yeah. And he's going to give you a Bentley yeah. and a house on a hill. Mm-hmm. They'll laugh you right out of town. Right. Rightfully so, because they know that's, that's, that's not only not probable, mm-hmm. that's impossible. Yeah. Um, and so in the American Westernized church, what has been a vein that's very, very subtle, mm-hmm which makes us very sort of focused on our calling Uh at a neglect of our purpose is that we are grossly consumeristic. Yeah. And we think our focus largely is, God, I want to see your hands. I can care less about your heart. Mm. I I need your blessings Mm. before you get my loyalty. That if you follow the church growth the world over, whether that be in places in Africa or in you know, Eastern Europe yeah. or in Asia, yeah. these people have nothing and they follow wholeheartedly. They're all in. And they know that their faith may very well cost them their lives. Oh, 100%. We and they, went to Bay Area. Yeah. A few, this was months ago for a missions That's right, their conference. And awesome guy i don't remember his name the guy who spoke and we just heard stories testimonies of people that lived overseas in countries where they literally will be killed Uh. if the government finds out that they follow jesus yeah and it's like you put that in the context of america and it's like we get mad at god because you know i can't get a husband you know (laughs) but it's like literally like will you die for your faith like yeah this isn't just it's not a cheap gospel it's not a and cheap we've go- made it i think sometimes in america and here's 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 what i think is really important is that if you look at the the disparity yeah. between the questions the world's asking mm. versus the questions the church is asking they are not asking the world is not asking consumeristic questions no. 
Why? Because they know that it's a farce. Yeah. Like they have been so overpromised mm -hmm. and underdelivered. Yep. They see YouTubers all day long being millionaires overnight, yep. and they see it as fleeting. It's mm -hmm. trash to right. them. Mm -hmm. They know that anybody or anyone can say anything, and it's clickbait. Uh -huh. So they very much have grown cynical towards the church that would clickbait as well. Mm -hmm. Don't promise me. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't want the church to give me a Bentley. And I don't want it to promise me that it's going to be rainbows and lollipops. Mm -hmm. I want to know the deep recesses of my soul yeah. are shook because I don't understand why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And if it's not something worth dying for, many people go, it's not worth living for. Right. I don't want it. Right. I, don't, I don't want it. And I think that does create the terrain that we're living in right now as I'm watching consumeristic sort of mentalities be deconstructed to a de to a degree we we are addicts mm -hmm. yeah. so we do yeah. cling hard yep. to this is what i've always known with this is what i've always wanted right. so i gotta have it but where you start to see that nothing is certain and we're running out of runway and that there's wars and rumors of wars i believe we're going to live in a day as we are on the precipice of the great awakening the mm -hmm. greatest awakening yeah. i believe that humanity has ever experienced. Totally. I believe it's setting the stage. When and where, have no idea. But I will say this, what will be really fertile is not people's sort of affinity for consumerism, mm. but an affinity for give me something worth living for yeah. because I have worked through everything right. and I'm still coming up one. I'm, there's a lot of Tom Brady's out there. Yeah. I got yeah. it all mm -hmm. and I got a feeling that there's got to be more. Mm -hmm. It used to be that only a few got the right. more. Mm -hmm. But as more get the more, mm -hmm. whether that's drugs, sex, and rock and roll, yeah. and a lot of money to go along with, mm -hmm. more and more people are realizing this ain't it. This ain't it. Yeah. This ain't the move, man. Yeah. yeah. This ain't it. Yeah. I, I heard a, a story of um, um, someone who was evangelist, and they were in a different country, I think like somewhere in the Middle East, and they came over to America. Uh. And where they came from, <coughs> as Nicole was saying, like their life was on the line every time they went out. Uh. They came over here and, you know, they try to get connected with the church, try to get more people to go out and, and share. And it got to the point where it was, a, it was a husband and wife team. And the wife, you know, talked to the husband. It was like, take me back. Uh, I remember. Because the church is asleep. Mm. Man. And, you know, Sometimes I feel, and I, I've even done this before, I'm like, okay, you can look at people who go to these you know, foreign countries and they put their life on the line and yeah. they're called to do that um, on mission in that way. And we thank God for those people. When you are looking at the world that you live in, everything doesn't have to come down to, oh, I need to go over there and then I'm really doing something. That's right, that's right. No, the, the gospel's going to be spread throughout the world like we've always been promised that but we, if we look at our everyday lives and if we look at the things that we do going out to the stores all the different people that we meet the different opportunities i mean even uh you know paul says he becomes all things to all people to win some some good man. Wow. and i and as a as a child growing up in church and and you know people and that was my age we understood that to mean I can just kind of do whatever. Huh. I can just kind of fold into the world mm -hmm. and just kind of be however. 
And then, you know, at some point mentioned like, hey, you should come, you should come to my church. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, like I, I'm becoming all things, you know, but no, he's saying that when, when you go out, when I'm going out and having a conversation with someone, my, as I said before, my purpose is love. So when I'm speaking to them on some harder things, you know, cause whenever you're sharing your faith, you gotta, you gotta bring to, to the understanding God's law. Huh. There's a standard, you know, uh, the young lady that we talked to, she was talking about how, you know, she feels like as far as standards in the world go, people should be able to set that kind of on their own. Huh. And I asked her, I said, okay, so let's say, you know, I grew up and I didn't have anything. So my standard is that I'm just going to take what I want when I need it. Right. Is that okay? And, and her response was, well, you would know innately and within you that that's not right. And I said, well, yes. So there is a standard. Right. <laughs> and I said, so who gives us that standard? Right. Where does that come from? And at the point she was kind of like, well, I guess, yeah, I guess there would be, you know, a God. And she started the conversation with saying like humans are on like the very bottom of the totem pole as far as like intelligence, intelligence yeah. goes. And I said, you said yourself that we are low and I don't disagree with you. But if God is far above us, wouldn't his standard be way higher than ours? Mm -hmm. So when we go through his law, right, when we go through um, one of the things I talked about with them was um, the good person test, uh. which is, you know, you ask them, do you think you're a good person? See, and Aramis has all these little, yeah, yeah. little <laughs> things. He's like an evangelism magician. <laughs> <laughs> He's got different What's next? <laughs> um, so with that, you know, you ask, you know, the person if they think they're a good person. And typically people say yes. And all you do is you point them to the Ten Commandments, right? I remember doing this with the students one time. I asked them all to stand up. And I'm saying, all right, we're going to see if, who's a good person. And I said, sit down if you've done one of these things. Uh. I said, sit down if you told a lie. Of course, everyone sits down because we've all told a lie. <laughs> right. And we know that the Bible tells us that if we've broken one, we might right. as well have broken them all. Now, so where some people get it wrong, and this is what a lot of people in the world look at evangelists, even Christians, as is focusing so much on the law that you're trying to browbeat people with the Bible. Right. That's not true evangelism. The law is a mirror. We already know that we couldn't keep the law. That's why Jesus had to come. Mm -hmm. But there's no way of being able to tell where we stand when it comes to God unless we look at the law. Uh. You know, I heard, it, I heard it said, you know, if you tell, you know, a, a guy that's like, you know, his life is going great, that Jesus loves him, right? He's going to be like, oh, great. I, I love me, too. I think it was Paul Washer that maybe said that. And, you know, sometimes people walk away and they hear that and they kind of go right back to their regular lives because they don't they don't need Jesus. Right. But if you understand that. I've sinned against God. Right. How can I get myself not get myself? But how can I be brought back to him? Mm -hmm. That's when the gospel comes into the place. Right. So when you're speaking to someone from a place of love and genuineness, and I think you alluded to this people can sniff that out totally and they can tell like okay is this person kind of just repeating a script to me or do they have a concern you know for my soul i remember talking to one older guy and he said he was agnostic you know i gave him the creation uh creator creation points to a creator and at the end of it um i said think about this do you know 
when you're going to die. Mm. He was like, no. I said, neither of us do. I said, I could walk out. I was at Napa's mall at the time. I said, I could walk out this mall right now, and that'd be it for me. I said, but we never know. So when people start to think about their eternity, they start to think about heavenly things. It puts the things we experience in this world in a better perspective. Yeah. Because people that are struggling, why, why am I going through so much trials? It's an understandable question. But when we think about the words of Jesus, he never guaranteed us a perfect life. Mm. So we can trust and know there's something that even though we don't understand it, he's trying to do within what I'm experiencing in my life. So it's setting a perspective of, you know, when we think about our purpose and why we're here and when we're to represent God, and it's saying, okay, if I'm trying to draw closer to him and him drawing closer to me, when I am experiencing these things, I'm going to go through the pain, but I can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. So then I take that and then I go out to the world and share what I know to be true. See, this is what I, I, I feel just just to put as a frame and the incentive yeah. as we as we contrast these two approaches mm -hmm. in the day that we live in. Some people approach it with a real sort of apathy of I don't know if I'm if if it's my calling yeah, to be an evangelist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's a total distorted view of scripture yeah. and 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 a distorted view of the mandate God places on us as followers of him. Mm -hmm. So that's a farce. Then there's people that approach it through a very sort of a lens of angst or a, yeah. or a, a, a mentality of, okay, I got to do this. That's fear-based. Mm -hmm. And people sniff out fear-based. Yeah. People know you don't love me, care less about me. I'm just another number, as said earlier, in, in your queue. Mm -hmm. Back up off of me. You're going to sell me like everybody else is yeah. trying to sell me. Then there's those that have laid hold of the gospel. Yes. They know Jesus they have a true, not a false, a true humility and awareness. I, as D.L. Moody said, am a beggar that found bread trying to tell other beggars where to find yes. it. That, that, that's it. The issue is that I think drives all of that yes. is that somebody that really has laid hold of the true gospel understands that heaven is, is, my, is where I'm going. Right. Yeah. Well, when that becomes, as Calvin said, we live this day for that day, yeah. that then drives all decisions. Mm -hmm. Where you take heaven out of the picture, all I got is this. Yeah. And so, so isn't it something, when you look at American consumerism, let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's take you know, just the, the, the faith out of it or the need, needing to evangelize people right. so that we crowd heaven, if you will. Right. There is something that these earth pangs and or the birth pang earth pangs. <laughs> Strike two. Strike two. I got one more and then we got to cut. These birth pangs of where we're groaning for eternity. There is something that is very visible to us. Isn't it something like we are never satisfied with the house that we have or the car that we have? Like all we're left with is setting up a kingdom here. That's why we're always driving. I need a bigger home. I need more square footage. I need a shinier car. I need I need to dress it in in, in I need to be closer to the water. Mm -hmm. That is eternity in somebody's heart. Why? If this is all you got, then ring it out for all it's worth. Right. I don't blame you. Right. But if this is just a pilgrimage, don't drop your tent pegs too deep mm -hmm. because we're moving on. 
then you start to see life through a whole nother lens. So all these little American sort of trivial matters, and I want to be, I want to tread lightly because some of these are near and dear to people. This is what calls them sleepless nights of when will I meet my significant other? And how come my, my prayers aren't being answered? And how come I'm always under financial strain? That makes life hard. I get it. I get it. And my heart goes out too. But when you have eternity as the backdrop, did I just say back drum? <laughs> Strike three. You're out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> you then have a lot more incentive. There was an author one time that has been labeled since his last book called Love Wins. Mm. He got labeled a heretic and apostate, but he used to make the statement. The American, typical American evangelical has no love mm for their fellow neighbor that doesn't know Jesus, neither do they have a healthy fear of God, mm. made most evident by the reluctancy to evangelize. Mm. He said, we say one thing, but if we really did believe, yes. and he, I remember hearing this, I was in DC at American University, or I was maybe at, no, it was at, it was at Georgetown. He did, um, it, it, was, it was called the Gods Aren't Angry tour of where he, he was the most amazing mm. speaker. He spoke for 90 minutes. It felt like I was sitting there for 10. Wow. And what was, what was so alluring was all of his data, all of his intellect. But I remember at the end, I sat in the car, we were driving home and I thought, I have to go through and think about what he said because there were so many fallacies in what he said, mm. but it happened with such a subtlety yeah. that man, you just wanted to lay hold of him. Right. But he was truly a heretic. Mm -hmm. He didn't believe in the authority of scripture. He didn't believe, but it was also plausible. But he said, if people really believe that there was a hell to shun, mm -hmm. we would be out in the highways and the byways yeah. telling people, yeah. you have got to meet Jesus. And if people really did love their neighbor, mm -hmm. like the church commands us to, we would be telling people there's a better way to live. He said, but because we're so consumeristic, yeah. we will stay in our own silo and go, you do you, boo-boo. But as for me and my house, I'm going to get all that's on the table. I'm not going to serve the Lord. I just want to get my kingdom right here. Yeah. That's, that's the type of Christianity I want. That point mm -hmm. is true. Yeah. I remember hearing yeah. it being like, right. now that's gold. Right. Because... I'm not out there planting seed, and I'm not out there watering, and I'm not watching or praying that God brings the increase. Mm -hmm. But when you see, wait a minute, there is a heaven forthcoming, yeah. and this ain't, this ain't the move. Yeah. <laughs> this is just death and decay. Yeah. You then go, all right, let's get after it. Yeah. And I want to just thank you two for doing that. You're, you're doing the dang thing. You're out there. We, I mean, you're out there like a lot of weekends, aren't you? Yeah. Not like you used most, to be. You, you just got married. Yeah. yeah. Right. But but yeah, you're kind of losing it. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I, you're I, gonna lose your wife right. if you do. <laughs> no. Actually, actually, shout out to my wife Chelsea. I love you. She went out with me actually. Oh. Um, a couple couple Fridays ago, and we went out and um, uh, you know, because with the peelers, when we go out with people, when people are out for the first time, they don't have to say anything. Uh. They can just watch. And, you know, to kind of hopefully bring down some of the angst, um, my, uh, as a mentor of mine and my wife's, um, we call him Papa John, he said, you know, um, 
not everyone is an evangelist, but everyone's called to evangelize. Amen. And that's how I view it. Because right. a lot of the response that I would typically get is like, hey, Aramis, that's your calling. Yep. And right. I'm like, hey, I'm not, I, I, I do feel like that, that's my calling. This is my calling. But we are all called to seek the lost and make disciples. Come on. Um, yeah, well, we all share that common purpose. Right. So maybe, yes. right. maybe you have a more yeah. specific lane yeah. right. of, of calling in that regard. Right. But that's, that's all of our purposes. Right, totally. right. And it doesn't look the same for everyone. And, and to kind of go in, you know, back to, to Cam, and I, I, I brought a little. A little oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, snaps. <laughs> oh, no. I knew we shouldn't have done because this. Because I knew he was going to bring it up, so I just had to bring the proof. Um, I so, can't with those things. Oh boy! I know. <laughs> Grant, look, not a lot of people like this. Okay, no. Um, so you offer me a million dollars, <laughs> and I find out it's a track. I'm dead. <laughs> now, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, get a little, set a little framework for this, this, this good old guy right here. So a couple, of, a couple of no's. I never leave this as a tip. Okay. Thank God. That's a no-go for me. Amen. If I were to he, ever... Hey, do you know people that do? Oh, I, used, I was in the restaurant There are street. people What's who do. names? I don't know them personally. <laughs> there are people who do. <laughs> I would say if you're going to do that, your tip should be amazing. Yep. Amen. It should be one of the best tips you've ever Better given. Preach. Um, I also don't give these to the homeless. Right. Mm. Um, now... <laughs> <laughs> now, not to say you don't share your faith, because no. this is not the only way of sharing. Right. And to, to Cam's point, um, something <coughs> as simple as, you know, because there's, I mean, there's tons of, and I know they give a, a bad rap, but there's tons of really good gospel tracks out there for people that's like, I can't bring myself to talk to someone because I'll have a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are some, <laughs> there are some, arrest. yes. <laughs> There are some that can hand, you can hand to people. There's even some that you just leave. Huh. I mean, this this past Halloween, um, we went around. My wife and I. You don't and give I, them in, in place of candy. Well, you're, you're about to get some hate, my friend. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. We went we went around and to all my uh, Star Wars fan out there. One of, my wife, my um, my stepson. Now we have is is little baggies candies and kids version of gospel okay. tracks, um, and. We gave those out. The kids ate them up because it's like you're not just like here, take this, you know, happy yeah. Halloween. It's like no, I'm, I'm, I'm still, we're still, we're still called to love the world. You know, we're in the world. We're not of the world, but we're still <coughs> in it. Um, but I bring this up to say that the main point of this, and I, you know, Kim kind of pointed. I, I like to, I like to make people laugh. I feel like if you make people laugh, you break down so many walls. So I go for the, you know, if you got change and, and typically, <laughs> typically you'd be surprised of the responses. Like most of it is laughter and people oh, yeah. take it. I remember being at uh, Disney one time and doing that. And this family, they sat cause we were waiting in line for the ride and they sat and they read it like while they were standing there. Uh. Because the thing is, is that <laughs> the thing is, is that this is not dependent on me. Like someone saying, hey, that's kind of cheesy. And maybe it is. I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Someone say you're lame. And then what? Like then you cry, (laughs) you know, and and if 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 my if what how people view me. 
right? In in a way of like, am I am I cool? If that's what I'm honing all of my focus onto, what am I doing? Okay, I got a lot to say about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have us. a lot of time. So. <laughs> and I, I don't, hey, I think that is, mm-hmm. that's a whole episode. Yeah, it is. That's a yeah, whole episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and we should, hey, we should do a whole episode on track bombing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. So yeah. I digress, yeah, actually. Yeah. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, then no, you have and to, you're right. You're right. And I don't want to make it seem uh, as so simple. Obviously, there's a, there's, um, ways that you go about in working in sharing your faith. Yeah. You don't just wake up and know how to do it. Totally. What I want to break down is more of the expectation of, I have to know every scripture in order to do this. I have to have the perfect approach totally. and then the person's going to be open. Yeah. Self-imposed limitations because, you know, I think part of what I was gathering from that is mm-hmm. I give this tract and then the Holy Spirit can use that, Yes, yeah. you know, and not to limit your own ability to have a conversation with right. someone, <laughs> but just to say your purpose was so rock solid mm-hmm. that you don't care necessarily how they react or they respond. Right. And right. so I like the idea, you know, as we, as we wrap this up, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone's going to have a camera crew yes. and walk around yeah. downtown Annapolis and have these kind of organic Good, spontaneous dude. conversations right. but we can all be purpose reminders yes we whether that's in the context of the the christian church mm-hmm. and our community and say you know hey let's let's redirect some of this to remember your purpose yeah, yeah. remember who you are remember whose you are yeah and then to the world that has these these desperate and deep questions well, we get to be purpose reminders for them as well yeah. um, in our context and in the grocery store line and, mm-hmm. you know, in our families and at Thanksgiving, yeah. which just passed. So you missed it. <laughs> you missed the opportunity. Yes. But no, we, we appreciate both of you guys not only going out there, uh, uh, but your hearts, your purpose, your unique callings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously coming on the show today. It was, yeah. it was really enjoyable. I agree. Can I leave a quick practical for people? I'm not taking your track, Aramis. <laughs> it's not a track. <laughs> not doing it. It's not a track. It's actually a book. Um, this is by Ray Comfort. It's called Faith is for Weak People, Responding to the Top 20 Objections to the Gospel. Uh. All Most of the questions we got are actually in this book. Wow. Wow. So Ray Comfort, Faith is for Weak People. It's a really, really great read. You should have given the book out and not referred them to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't answer a single question. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> thank you, too, for being yeah. here. Yes, thank the you, The way guys. you shine totally. bright, man. I mean it. I love you guys. Love you, too. Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. You can check us out on Spotify or Apple. Also, we're on Instagram at Simplexity Podcast. Love you guys. Hey, fam. Again, thank you so much for listening to Simplexity. And we so, so appreciate the Simplexity family. If you do like our podcast, and we very much trust you do, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or even on the gram at Simplexity Podcast. We love you guys.